0: hello and welcome to the murder house radio show i'm your host x on this show we will be covering serial killers killers mass shooters disappearances true crime and the most deplorable things and people in history all that good dark stuff the Murder House Radio Show will be a radio show slash podcast. I'll be uploading videos every Friday at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Once you hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification and select all to get all notifications if you're viewing on YouTube. And hit follow if you're listening on a podcasting platform. So sit down, get comfortable, Grab some coffee or whatever your preferred beverage is. Turn off the lights and enjoy the show. Hey guys, hope you had a good first week of your month and a good second week of this month as well. And I hope you're having a good Friday. But, uh, yeah, I'm having a good Friday as well. Everything is all good so far, and I can't complain. Something interesting did happen today, though. I uh, uploaded a video on one of my other channels, and it got taken down for sexual content and nudity. But, uh, there wasn't any because the video was much like this one. It's just a picture, the whole video. And the picture was of a treehouse or whatever, but it turns out the guy's name was a variation of the name huge F hole mm-hmm. <laughs> but with like some Spanish tint to it so there is that. but uh let me know how you're doing down in the comments below and all that stuff. And as always, we will be doing um... Leave your uh, advice to be covered at the end of the podcast slash broadcast. Uh, like email it to me, and the email will be in the description. And uh, yeah, the sources will all be in the description as well. So you know, just uh, yeah, do your thing. But uh, yeah, without any further ado, let's get into today's video. Today's episode will be on. Herbert Richard Baumeister. He was born April 7th, 1947. He was an American suspected serial killer and a resident of Indianapolis in a suburb called Westfield, Indiana. He was under investigation for murdering over a dozen men in the early 1990s, and uh, most of them were last seen at gay bars. Police found the remains of 11 people, 8 identified, on Baumeister's property. So, I mean, if you found remains on someone's property, it's most likely them. And you can also date how old the uh, remains are, so, you know, that's pretty cut and sealed right there. But, uh, yeah. Unless someone comes in and hides the bodies on your property, but, you know, that's unlikely. Unless, if you live in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, then you know. But, um, after an arrest warrant was issued, Baumeister fled to Canada and killed himself before he could be brought to trial. He never confessed to the crimes, and his suicide note made no mention of the murder allegations. He was later linked to a series of murders of at least nine men along Interstate 70, which occurred in the early to mid 80s so that's a quick rundown on um who this guy is and uh yeah let's take a deeper delve into this but real quick i just want to say uh sorry about the intro because uh i possibly may have forgotten to leave like plug the mic in or whatnot so uh there's that but yes his early life um, Baumeister was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, and he was the oldest of four children, born to Herbert and Elizabeth Baumeister. His childhood was reportedly normal, which is good, surprising, I would guess, when it comes to serial killers. But by uh, the onset of his adolescence, he began exhibiting antisocial Behavior. Antisocial behaviors are actions that harm or lack consideration for the well being of others. It has also been identified as a type of conduct that violates the basic rights of another person and any behavior that is considered to be destructive to those in society. That's a broad ass definition, man. But, um, people he would hang out with later recalled that young Baumeister, he would play with dead animals and urinate on the teacher's desk which are textbook signs of Bergening serial killer of a burgeoning serial killer um playing with dead animals sure but pissing on a desk that's just some juvenile shit right there <laughs> but um In his teens, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, but did not receive further psychiatric treatment. Oh, shit. In 1965, Baumeister attended Indiana Indiana University. So he graduated high school and went to university. And he went there for a semester before he dropped out. And then he returned in 1967. And in 1972, he attended a semester at the... Butler University and then as an adult he uh drifted around and uh went through a series of jobs marked by strong worth at, marked by a strong worth at work ethic fuck around boys and also by increasingly bizarre behavior okay so he's just a drifter okay fair enough fair enough fair enough um Baumeister got married. He married Julian Julie Satire S A I T E R and this was on november nineteen seventy one. Um a union that produced three children. So they had three kids, word. And uh Julie later said that they had been sexually intimate only six times over twenty-five years of marriage, you like whack. That is whack. Usually, you'd hear that from a guy, just saying. (laughs) Um, In the 1970s, Baumeister was committed to a psych ward or a psych hospital by his father. His wife said he was hurting and needed help. Baumeister found the successful Save-A-Lot Thirst Store. Oh, he founded that word. That's all good, all good. So, uh... There were only two stores total, and this was in Indianapolis in 1988. Interesting. If any of y'all heard of that, let me know. That's interesting right there. Save-a-lots, so S-A-V-A-L-O-T. Word up, word up. So, in the early 1990s, investigators from the... Marion County Sheriff's Department and then Indianapolis Police Department began investigating the disappearances of gay men of similar height, age, and weight in, Indian- in the Indianapolis area. And then, um, on 1992, they were contacted by a man named Tony Harris, claiming to be a gay bar patron, calling himself Brian Smart. He had killed a friend of his and had attempted to kill him with a pool house, kill him with a pool house during an erotic asphyxiation session, okay. Harris eventually saw this man again in August 1995 and followed him and nothing and noting a license plate number. From this date, police identified Brian Smart as Herb Baumeister. So, um, this guy survived, Herbert. And, uh, yeah. Well, that's all good. Reported him to police and all that. So, um, investigators approached Baumeister, told him he was a suspect in, a uh, disappearances, and asked to search his house. Both Baumeister and his wife, Julie, refused to allow a search of their home by June nineteen sixty nineteen ninety six. 1996 my bad guys by uh, June 1996 Julie had become sufficiently frightened by her husband's mood swings and erratic behavior and after filing for divorce she consisted to conceded to a search so she allowed the search after their divorce or whatever like after filing for it the search of the 18-acre estate, holy fuck, so that's 73,000 square meters. So, the search of the 18-acre estate, Fox Hollow Farm, was conducted while Baumeister was on vacation. It turned up the remains of 11 men, 8 of whom were uh, identified. So, with a warrant for his arrest, Baumeister fled to Ontario, where he committed suicide at the Pinery Provincial Park on Lake Hurdon by shooting himself in the head. So in his suicide note, he described his failing marriage and business as his reasons for killing himself. He did not confess or omit or anything to any of the murders to the men found in his backyard. Well, there is that. Baumeister would post um, posthumously be suspected of killing nine other men. So they found, uh, what was it, 11 bodies, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. So he's suspected of 18 murders, or nine other men, the bodies of whom were found in rural areas along the corridor of Interstate 70 between Indianapolis and Columbus, Ohio during the early mid 80s, early to mid 80s, one eyed witness identified Baumeister as a man seen leaving a bar in 1983 with Michael Riley, who was later found dead. Like the other victims, Riley was strangled to death and disposed in this deposited deposited nude or semi-nude in a river. So there is that. Um, the thing is, with eyewitness testimony, that shit's unreliable, especially if it's years later, because, like, if you ask any, if you just have people witness the same situation, they're gonna have varying reports, and you can't really have that, so, you know, unreliable as fuck, unless it's on camera, but even then, and we can all attest to that. So it's thought that most of the uh, killings took place in his indoor pool. And his uh, indoor pool is actually uh, filled with mannequins dressed up in swim gear. And in the pool floating around with floaties and shit. So a bunch of weird shit. And his um, property is allegedly haunted as well. We're taking a new turn on this podcast talking about hauntings. (laughs) If y'all believe in any of that stuff. But um... There's a whole ass movie on that. And then there's a couple of shows about the haunting of the Fox Hollow estate. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, get into that a little bit here. So I'm just reading on the SYFY website or whatever. Paranormal Witnesses True Terror. It says here that Rob Gravers and his family moved to... uh, The property to escape the city, um, on outward appearance, the Fox Hollow Farm was more than perfect. So it was all good, and it was a good price, because, you know, a bunch of fucking people were found dead and buried there. Um, they toured the house with a realtor. Rob began wondering why the house was so desirable and gorgeous and didn't have anyone living in it. And he was wondering what was wrong with it. He thought about it, and Rob realized it might be the property he heard about on the news. Rob asked if he if it was her Baumeister who had lived there, and the realtor said yes. And that was why it was such a good deal, which makes sense. But they decided they could live with the fact that fucking 11 bodies were uh, found on the property. But, uh, yes, there is that, and then the first encounter of ghostly activity was, um, Vicky, the wife, was vacuuming gravel that the kids had tracked into, uh, the pool area when the vacuum kept coming, um, undone or whatever, like, it kept turning off because the cord kept getting pulled out, and, um... Yes, and this was on an extension cord, and then the third time startled her, because, like, you know, it could be a coincidence, but three times in a row, it's like, what the fuck's going on here, boys? And she, uh, felt as though someone else was there. It felt as though someone didn't want her there. But, um, yes, there's that. I'm pretty sure I've seen this episode on the show as well. She got pushed into the pool and almost drowned or some shit. But I'm not too sure. You'd have to go watch the episode. And uh, it says here that Rob worked at a car dealership. And the person he worked with, Joe Joe Blanc, was uh, chronically late for work. Always late for work because he had to drive a bunch to get to work. And uh, so he moved closer to the dealership, and Rob offered him a spare apartment they had on the property. Joe wasn't fazed by the history, and um, the apartment was gutted since the time of the murders, and all the bad things were gone. This is what it says here. So Rob helped Joe and his dog uh, move in. When they were done, Joe was so exhausted they fell asleep or whatever. And he dreamt of running for his life. He was being chased by something bad. When he woke up, he tried to run and hit the doorframe real hard. And he collapsed onto the floor in pain. There was shards of glass everywhere. And there had, uh, got, they had gotten into his hands. He didn't know what he was running from, but he felt he had to get out of uh, the place as fast as possible. But, uh, yes... He kept dreaming about it, and they all ran into this dude wearing a red shirt just standing on the property and shit. And these are all ghostly encounters, by the way. So it's uh, all pretty wild, if you ask me. And I do believe in ghosts and stuff. But, uh, yeah. Like, I'm not, like, fucking fanatical with this shit. Like, I believe they exist, but, like, most stuff can be explained away. But there is stuff that is unexplainable. Let me know if you all believe in ghosts or whatever or anything of the sort. Let me know down in the comments below. It'll be interesting to uh, hear your opinions. So Vicky got home from work one day. Her husband was painting or whatever. And she looked out the window or some shit. And something uh, caught her eye. There was a man in a red shirt standing in their yard. As he walked away from her, Vicky realized that she wasn't able to see the man's legs. And um, just as quickly as his legs disappeared, the rest of them vanished. Rob dismissed it as a serial killer groupie. That's still weird, someone sneaking onto your property regardless. But uh, they walked over to the area where she'd seen the person and found nothing. And uh, this concerned Vicky and uh, Rob installed security cameras on the property. So there is that as well. And then one day, Joe was washing dishes in his apartment at night. He heard knocking on the door that was uh, pretty intense. He opened the door and there was no one there. He looked around outside and saw no one or nothing. He closed and locked the door, unable to shake the uneasy feeling something was watching him oh yeah he couldn't see anything and suddenly a wisp of something grabbed his attention joe looked back into the bedroom and saw nothing even fred was acting as though he'd seen something and that's a dog and you know dogs are more keen to seeing fucking suspicious shit But, uh, yeah, there's just a whole bunch of, uh, questionable stuff happening on the property and stuff. And it's happening to everybody. But, uh, you know. Yeah. There is that. They found a bone on their property. A human bone, but it remains unidentified. But, um, there is activity happening on the property till this day. So, uh. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Pretty wild, if you ask me. But, uh, yeah, there's not much on Herbert Baumeister because, uh, he was never actually caught or charged. He just found a fuckload of bodies on his, uh, property and he killed himself before he could, uh, be, uh, brought to justice, I guess you could say. And there's not much about his, um, early life, or whatnot, so, uh, yeah, there's that, but he died on July 3rd, 1996, so there is that, but, uh, yes, if you know anything else, leave it in the comments, because, you know, it's definitely, a interesting topic, watch, um, some of the shows about the ghosts, if you like that type of stuff, and uh, you know, there's probably some more stuff about him and his killings, but I highly doubt it because there isn't much knowing. But I'd say he definitely was a serial killer because you just don't find fucking 11 bodies on someone's property without them being a serial killer, but yeah, again. There is no more, um, there is no, uh, emails for advice so far, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so that is Herbert Baumeister. Thank you for listening to this episode on the Murder House Radio Show. I hope you have a good rest of your Friday or whenever you are listening to this. Check out the social medias and the sources in the description below. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Once you hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification and select all to get all notifications whenever I upload. If you are listening on YouTube. If you are listening on a podcasting platform, hit follow. Leave your suggestions for future episodes in the comments. See you. Next episode, this is your host, X, signing off.